and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to truth, the true facts. Fuck your conspiracy theories. I am your cold, unfeeling host, Jack. Today, we're doing some investigative journalism to find the truth about some conspiracy theories. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm giving myself a whole lot of undeserved credit here. Today, I'm just repeating the findings of investigations that other, more qualified, much smarter people actively did. <laughs> putting time and energy and resources and skill and expertise into it. I'm just the asshole who gets drunk on the internet and talks about it. Speaking of, send me your favorite drink recipes. I need to like zhuzh up my routine. If I equate drinking to routine, that's, I think that's indicative of a problem. Is it? <laughs> Probably. So back to conspiracy theories. I'm sure you're sick of them. I am. It's 2021. We've had a lot in politics with COVID and anti-vaxxers and honestly, even flat earth. So I will spare you all of that. We're not talking about those kinds of conspiracy theories. We're talking about the cool conspiracy theories with like pirates and shit. Today, we're talking cryptids, starting with sea monsters. And by starting with sea monsters, this entire episode is only going to be about sea monsters because I kind of want to do like a cryptid thing. I'm looking into it. Maybe I could do like multiple episodes about cryptids. Would you guys like that? Please tell me if you would like that or if that's like really fucking stupid because if it is, then I won't do it. <laughs> or maybe I will, let's be realistic. <laughs> Anyways, so I actually got to give like a massive shout out to one of my lovely listeners. I am so sorry for whatever issues you have in your life that brought you to my podcast, but I benefit from your existence and the weird shit you sent me. Like <laughs> it brings me happiness and a lot of distress into my life. So. This message sent me down like a really dark spiral of Google searches and I have decided to inflict my pain onto the rest of you. Quick vocabulary lesson for anybody not already in the know. A cryptid is an animal that's not yet been proven to exist. And me adding yet in there was really, really generous. So cryptozoology is a branch of pseudoscience that studies the alleged existence of cryptids. The root being crypto, which means hidden or secret, so secret animals. In layman's terms, cryptids are animals like Bigfoot, Chupacabra, or the Loch Ness Monster. So regarding the Loch Ness Monster, that is probably one of the most famous cryptids in existence, let alone famous sea monsters. And do you see how I strategically placed Loch Ness Monster at the end of my examples of cryptids so I could roll right into talking about it? God, I am so fucking good at segues now. Strategery, I am so proud of me. You should be proud of me. Doesn't matter, I am proud of me. <laughs> All right, so the Loch Ness Monster has that one super famous photograph taken in 1934, now dubbed the Surgeon's Photograph. You'll understand why. It's, you know, it's kind of fuzzy because the 1930s didn't have like HD. It was black and white, the neck and head sticking out of the water. You know it. Of course you know it. Everybody knows that picture of the Loch Ness Monster. If you don't know it, I will upload it to the Instagram, which side note, I've been slacking on Instagram. I'm sorry, you guys. I finally updated it to catch up to like the last episodes. So, so sorry. I have been just so sleepy. <laughs> but that photograph of Nessie wasn't the first account of her. In 1933, people were telling like the papers about a whale-like fish or giant monster or... Actually, I think they used the word beast a lot. That was kind of a 1930s word was beast. But those people said that there had been a long-standing oral tradition of a whale-sized beast that lived in that body of water. 
And they're not wrong, actually. Longstanding tradition in terms of like centuries. The first account is actually in the year 565 AD. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the account of a water monster attacking a man in 565 was actually in the river Ness, not the Loch Ness, which Loch is kind of a, a bay, I think. It's a body of water, <laughs> but it's not a river. 565 was kind of a, a big popularity spike for creating sea monsters. That's when you have kind of like all the cool, weird medieval maps with all the, you know, random creatures just hanging out in the ocean because they were just making up sea monsters left and right because they saw, like, I don't know, regular animals and they're like, whoa. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, realistically, I get it because I still see regular animals and I'm like, whoa. That's why I have like a whole ass podcast. So <laughs> anyways, people were making them up left and right. And I think... Honestly, most scientific processes in the 6th century probably qualified as pseudoscience. Either way, maybe the Loch Ness Monster, maybe like a neighbor monster, but even if it wasn't the Loch Ness Monster, it doesn't tell us whether or not the modern Nessie was real or not. I'm talking about the one in the photograph. Unfortunately, we don't have an answer and we probably never will until we just like invent time travel because it's a hell of a task to prove that something doesn't exist aside from just like not finding it like yeah you could say that there's conditions that don't really like encourage i guess or make it possible for a nessie type monster to exist but you know there's always gonna be people like ah oh, well you know you can't say it doesn't because you've never seen one and it's like gotcha <laughs> i guess but anyways, it's possible that there's like, I don't know, a small population of plesiosaurs that somehow didn't go extinct with the rest of the dinosaurs and are just really good at hiding. Although I'm not putting stock into that theory considering they breathe air so they would have to surface. So how would they hide very well? And by the way, plesiosaurs are actually my favorite dinosaur, hands down. But also maybe it was a shark carcass because the way that shark carcasses actually decompose, especially sharks like uh, basking sharks, they actually end up looking a lot like a plesiosaur based on like the timelines of when each portion of their body decomposes. It ends up looking a lot like a dinosaur carcass. And actually recently created a huge stir in Japan when fishermen caught a, a shark corpse that they thought was a dinosaur because it looked a lot like a dinosaur. But then they ended up being like, nope, that's a basking shark. <laughs> I think they analyzed the amino acids or something, but not a dinosaur, unfortunately. I am still rooting for Jurassic Park. Don't talk to me about the movie. That was bad security, not bad biology. Well, okay, a little bit of bad biology. Not, not terrible biology. Acceptable biology. Acceptable for dinosaur biology. I am willing to fucking accept a little bit of bad biology to get fucking dinosaurs, dude, okay? <laughs> Anyways, moving back on to the Loch Ness Monster. So, okay, another possibility. Maybe people honestly just saw what they wanted to see. You know, they'd heard these stories and then they saw this shit sticking out of the water and they were like, oh my God, it's a monster. And it was actually just like logs in driftwood. <laughs> another person believes that traveling circuses allowed their elephants to bathe in those waters and their trunks were misidentified as the Loch Ness Monster. I have not looked into that. Maybe. Or maybe it was actually eels, because large eels do actually live in that body of water. Although I don't buy it because they move their body from side to side, not up and down, kind of like a, you know, like a snake. Well, not really a snake, but, you know, not with like, you know, their back breaching the waves that, that like Nessie has been reported to move like, you know what I mean? 
and they don't generally have that rapid thrust that would be needed in order to rear up and stick half of their bodies out of the water, like in photographs. Think like, you know, a swan just has their neck reared up. Eels don't have that like muscle body capability. And actually, Leslie No of the Sedgwick Museum in Cambridge stated like officially in a news article, like as part of her official job, that the osteology of plesiosaur neck vertebrae makes it absolutely certain that the plesiosaur could not lift its head up swan-like out of the water because of the Loch Ness Monster. Like this bitch had to answer this and create the statement because of the Loch Ness Monster. Amazing. <laughs> so I guess ninja dinosaurs are out, unfortunately. Doesn't mean Jurassic Park is out, just that plesiosaurs are not the Loch Ness Monster. But, but, there has been an internet viral infection. It just went viral. It's regular viral tweets. But it's about the potential explanation for the Loch Ness Monster. You did it, internet. You solved the hoax. Whale dicks. <laughs> People think Nessie is actually just a whale penis hanging out. And I am so happy to announce that this story actually has a grain of validity. It seriously brings me so much joy to announce that a conspiracy theory may boil down to horny whales. <laughs> People have dedicated their entire like lives in search of Nessie, like their entire livelihood, fuck their families, fuck their jobs, just 60 hours a day. There's not 60 hours a day, 60 hours a week going after Nessie, like pure commitment, dedication, full throttle. And they were actually potentially searching for big old whale schlongs. <laughs> just incredible. That's just, that's art. That is fucking art. I could not create anything more beautiful than that storyline. Basically, so let me let me explain why whale dicks might be the Loch Ness Monster. Some whale species reproduce utilizing a competition pod, which just means that a bunch of males will follow around a sexy female, and then they start showing off. Because duh. <laughs> They're thrashing around, beating each other up, definitely drawing blood. The general kind of buffoonery associated in a dick measuring contest. And you can't measure dicks if you don't pull them out. So they're doing all this shit with their dicks fully out. <laughs> Generally, in everyday life, just when a whale is hanging out, swimming around, their, their penises are zipped up basically inside of a genital slit. But now, a bunch of sailors see churning water and this giant whale dick, or you know what, multiple dicks probably, are flopping around above the water. And these sailors are going, oh fuck, it's a sea serpent. It's a goddamn monster. Came home told their stories far and wide, and it spread. Because, I mean, it's a whale dick. It's not like a little, little guy. It's, it's a giant fucking sea serpent, honestly. <laughs> like, it's multiple feet long. You can see that shit. And then because whale populations went down, that phenomenon was seen infrequently and had less opportunities for somebody with, like, a little bit of common sense to see it and be like, do you think that's a penis? So it's very possible that all these sea serpent legends, because there's a lot of sea serpent legends, but it's possible that a good chunk of them was actually just nature being freaky in other ways. But to disappoint Twitter, I'm not sorry, it doesn't actually explain Nessie. Well, it might explain her like concept, I guess, since you know there's that long-standing oral tradition, but it doesn't explain that photograph, that very famous surgeon's photograph taken in 1934. The photograph, of course, has a much more human explanation. So real talk, some dude was employed by the Daily Mail, which is kind of a shitty news outlet. And then when he found fake Loch Ness Monster footprints, because I guess they were supposed to be like plesiosaur fin footprints, because it goes on land sometimes. 
But he found fake ones and then he brought it to the Daily Mail and naturally they laughed at him. So he ended up getting all sorts of butthurt and decided he was gonna get his revenge and he was gonna make them look stupid for believing in a hoax after they laughed at him for believing in a hoax. So he ended up attaching some wood putty to a toy submarine, vaguely Loch Ness monster shaped it, put it in the water, took a picture of it and sent it to them. But then this time they fucking bought it so hard. They published it. They told anybody who would listen that they had a picture of the fucking monster. They were, they were all in about it. And that act of pettiness just spiraled out of control in the Loch Ness Monster fuckery that it is today. And they are my heroes. <laughs> I hope one day I can go down like that in just a, I don't know, acid toxic puddle of pettiness. No, I don't. That doesn't sound very cool. But still, it is cool. Time for some conjecture here because we're talking about cryptids, so I'm gonna give myself a little leeway for you know, guessing because these aren't real animals, excuse me, cryptozoologists. They're not proven to be real yet and probably never will be. But anyways, so we can, let's do some guessing, okay? So let's say Nessie is real. She's generally depicted with the appearance of a plesiosaur. So it would be fair to assume that she's probably related to them. And if she is related to them, she likely has some reproductive similarities. So plesiosaurs, despite being reptiles, give birth to live young instead of eggs. Plesiosaurs use the K strategy for reproduction like whales do, which means they choose quality over quantity in terms of, you know, giving birth to young. Generally fewer offspring, extended childcare, long lifespan. The opposite would be our strategy, which is obviously quantity. Think like mice or insects, just a shit ton of babies and just spread them to the winds. So Nessie would probably have a small litter of live young, but we don't know how plesiosaurs had sex. It's possible they flopped around like whales with their dicks out, but considering she's also been called a sea serpent and plesiosaurs are aquatic reptiles anyways, I think it would be more appropriate to consider how the modern sea snake has sex. So most sea snakes also have live young, so it kind of works. Actually, I think all species of sea snakes have live young, except for one genus who just, you know, had to be different. But this means that the male Loch Ness monsters, if they do take after sea snakes, probably had two penises because per tradition, snakes typically have two penises. And the female would have a cloaca with two clitorises. Also in most snake species, females are larger. So we can assume Nessie was probably similar. Larger female Loch Ness monsters, smaller male Loch Ness monsters. Also when mating, because the female is physically larger and the male is chasing like after her, she ends up being the one to decide when it's time to go up for air. So he's locked inside her cloaca, struggling for air, hoping she surfaces soon. And if he misses the chance when she does surface, he's got to ride it out until the next time she wants to breathe. So that's my hypothesis on cryptid sex. Well, at least for Nessie. So let's move on to another big name, the Kraken. Inspiration for movies, video games, and alcohol. Why am I not drinking Kraken rum right now? That would be so appropriate. I really fucked up here. You know what? I will do it if they sponsor me. They won't sponsor me. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> All right, it's been, it has been a staple of Scandinavian folklore described as a massive cephalopod type creature. Surprisingly, the Krakens turned out to be a massive cephalopod type creature. Absolutely shocking that some old drunk sailors actually managed to get a sea monster fairly correct. I mean, obviously exaggerated significantly, but somewhat correct. <laughs> You know, something huge with lots of long floppy arms. It sounds vaguely giant squiddish, 
which is a real animal in the real world. Although in some accounts of a kraken, it seems more likely for that area that they were actually describing a giant octopus, which is just a different massive cephalopod type creature. Still counts. But then for some other accounts regarding size, like their giant size and their huge jaws, it seems like maybe they were probably talking about a whale instead. So krakens are whale, squid, octopuses. Nothing quite as fearsome as the island-sized monsters in art that you see, but maybe we can like genetically modify it. Until then, we can use our imaginations. Let's start. It was said that the Kraken, while a curse for sailors due to the sheer havoc and obvious, you know, bloodthirst, was also a blessing. Kraken hunting grounds indicated huge schools of fish, if the fishermen were, you know, brave enough to fish around the Kraken. Some accounts of the Kraken say that the jaws would just sit open for a while, waiting for fish to kind of swim into their jaws, and then all of a sudden just snap shut. So I'm gonna guess it was an Eden's whale or a bride's whale, since we have video footage of one doing exactly that, or maybe a humpback whale because they've also been observed doing that. Both species will also hunt in huge groups sometimes using a method called bubble nets, where they basically just trap a bunch of fish in bubbles while like encircling them. And accounts mentioned lots of bubbles preceding giant terrifying jaws snapping out of the water. So that's something that both of those whales do. So kind of matches up. I could see that being terrifying to a bunch of sailors in a wooden ship, you know? If it was the 1700s, I would be fucking terrified of that. I, no, no, no. In 2021, I would be terrified of that. It'd be cool, but I would be scared. So let's build out our kraken and say it's part humpback whale. Just because based on, like, behavior, like, interactions with humans, like the humpback whale versus the bride's whale, I think it's more likely that it was a humpback whale. But again, this is conjecture, but I'm choosing the humpback whale. Next... The earliest accounts of the kraken initially actually gave it like these huge spindly legs, like a crab. It actually didn't become a cephalopod until later. So that kind of makes me wonder if it was just two sea monsters that accidentally got combined because the stories were similar. But for fun, let's go ahead and add crab legs to our kraken. I'm choosing the Macropodia rostrata, or the long-legged spider crab. I really wanted to add the Japanese spider crab because it's, it's really cool and scary looking, but... Its distribution is pretty limited, so I doubt Vikings ran into it regularly, because it's just like only around Japan. But you know what? This is my podcast, and it's a fake animal. We're adding the giant spider crab legs, okay? So these spider leg crabs have just these long, long fucking legs. Like, think this body is the size of, I don't know, a soccer ball. And then I think its legs are like 10 feet long, and it's just like, the epitome of like a gangly teenager, but in crab form, it's fucking weird. <laughs> so we are adding those insane crab legs to our humpback whale, except apparently the kraken was a mile and a half long. I doubt it, but we'll run with it. So this spider whale crab is the size of an island. <laughs> Next, we have to add in the giant squid and the giant octopus. I think it would be fair to kind of mash those up because I think the primary descriptor focused on the tentacles, not like the head shape or the other cephalopod identifiers like beaks and stuff. So we're gonna focus on the tentacles. And that begs the question of where to put the tentacles. I would normally have the head of the whale sort of turn into squid tentacles, kind of like, you know, a mermaid. It just starts as whale head, goes down the body and then fleshes out into tentacles but I don't really think that would naturally allow for the crab legs. So maybe the whale portion could be like, like the belly could be parallel to the ground 
and then walking on those crab legs and the tentacles grow from the whale's belly, like skimming the ground. Kind of like a weird hula skirt, but only on the belly. You know what? No, I don't think that makes sense either. That seems less biologically likely than the mermaid option. Like, I think the mermaid option makes the most sense evolutionarily because if it has the tentacles, it doesn't really need the tail. That's just, you know, a waste of energy. Why would you keep that? So I think in order for the crab legs to make sense with a squid whale mermaid, it couldn't be eight. I don't think it could be eight crab legs. So I imagine that like where the whale fins are, like their little arm whale fins, those fins have probably been replaced with like a set of one or two crab arms. I don't think you need all eight. You just need the crab arms for like general havoc wreaking and destroying ships, you know? I think that would make the most sense. If someone could like draw that for me, that would be great because I'm not an artist. I'll try to Photoshop it and like upload it for you guys to the Instagram. Don't expect a masterpiece though. Why, why am I putting myself down like that? Toxic. It will be a fucking masterpiece. I am a creative genius and you're welcome in advance for experiencing the Photoshop Kraken I create for you guys, which means sex for Krakens is messy. First, the courtship. Humpback whales sing, which is great, except when you're a mile and a half long, you know, you're gonna have like larger lung capacity, presumably. So your songs are gonna shatter some fucking windows and maybe cause like an avalanche 600 miles away. But even worse, humpback whales form those same competition pods I mentioned are responsible for whale penises being interpreted as sea serpents. But this humpback whale is actually a kraken and krakens are huge. So these compods full of fighting and thrashing and flailing penises are probably gonna cause a few earthquakes because it's just island-sized whale crab squids fighting, you know? <laughs> Although it's also part squid, so that penis is probably prehensile, which means it has, you know, fine motor control of that penis like you do with your fingers. So if you guys listened to episode 29, where I talked about the hectocotylus in regards to Argonauts, spoiler alert if you didn't, that is the detachable sperm arm that most cephalopods have. The giant squid actually doesn't have one. It just is a, a permanent sperm arm. Very strange, at least for squids, you know? So researchers believe that the giant squid basically uh, glues sperm sacs to the arms of females. It's obviously more nuanced than that, but not actually. All right, then both squids and spiders lay eggs while only the humpback whales have live young. So Let's go with the numbers. Mathematically, eggs are more likely. No live young, just eggs, right? Spider crabs lay like literally a million or so eggs, like so many fucking eggs. And they carry them on their back after they lay them, I guess. I don't know if that's like the right verb, but you get my meaning. So they're usually, so for regular spider crabs, they're 0.7 millimeters in diameter because they have to be super small if you're gonna lay like a whole million. So let's adjust the body size relativity to a mile and a half long kraken, and we're looking at about 1 million eggs, 15 inches in diameter. 1 million medicine balls just hanging out on top of this humpback mermaid. So basically, the sex story for the kraken is that these giant landmass-sized crab squid mermaids fight to the death and show off their penises until a female chooses the strongest, most impressive penis which gets him so excited, he jizzes all over her arm. 
I assume she uses it as a moisturizer to get it into her skin so she can fertilize her eggs with it and then walks around with approximately 1 million babies she's giving a piggyback ride to. It's a working theory. Can I please get a show on National Geographic or something? I need a budget. I need a budget. I have dreams. I have visions that need to be brought to life in HD. <laughs> Do you guys think if I started like showing up to National Geographic, like the lobby and screaming about animal sex that I'd be arrested? Because I don't. Like maybe if it was a building filled with executives, I would be, but if I went where the content creators are, you know, the people who do the nerd shit, the people who do like the animal shit, I think they would recognize one of their own and welcome me. I actually think I would get, you know, bonus points for the screaming. You know what, I have more Google searches to do now, specifically within Google Maps. So with that, I leave you so I can start planning some mild trespassing and severe stalking. Don't report me. Also don't, Forget that 100% of my Patreon proceeds are being donated to help the Kakapo. Hell yeah, segue. <laughs> but for real, I'm matching the donation, so every single donation to my Patreon is going completely to save Kakapos. I'm sorry, Kakapos. It's going to save flightless parrots that are critically endangered in New Zealand. And if you donate a minimum of $5, like five entire doll hairs, I will send you a t-shirt and stickers and... I don't know, a, a weird drawing, something, something. Please donate to Kakapos, get a t-shirt, claim it on your taxes. Well, your taxes should already be filed. Whatever, claim it next year. I'm leaving now. Gonna go do some Googling. Bye.